0: Fielders, Joshua Michael here with the latest issue of Minefield's comic presentation. Where we break down all the best comics from last week. My best friend in the world, Colin, he is still on set, but we got Mr. Tony Morales part of it, rocking it, talking about the best comics that came out last week, guys. But started out, we got Suicide Puppets, their latest hit, six, sex. Six. Don't forget Andy Bellanger's Mother Trucker. The Kickstarter is still going on. I'm still running that interview because I want you guys to buy. But first, Suicide Puppets.
1: We are all evil in some form
2: or another. Are we not?
0: Left to invest on mother trucker, guys. Wrestling, space, violence, more wrestling, kick-ass babes. Did I mention that they were in space? I give you again, Mr. Andy Belanger, Mother Trucker, go to Kickstarter and pledge do it.
3: Yeah, are you uh have you been recording the whole time? Are we recording now?
0: I just started recording. Don't worry.
3: Alright, cool. Uh yeah, Mother Trucker. So Mother Trucker is like five years in the making. I became a pro wrestler to make Mother Trucker. And, I mean, when I say pro wrestler, I get paid to wrestle, but I'm an indie wrestler in the Montreal scene for IWS, XCW. I've uh, been on C4 in Ottawa. Um, uh, I, I do some shows in um, Toronto as well. Uh, uh, so, basically, I was I was living in Toronto and never hearing about Wrestling. I think the thing was was Toronto had like an insurance problem mm-hmm. in the 2000s, so they couldn't. There, I, I just wasn't seeing shows. Like I lived downtown, and there was never flyers. No one I knew went to shows. Like right. I just didn't know that indie wrestling was a thing because at all. Getting that license, in Toronto.
0: getting that license to wrestle or to have a show, it, like a combat thing, is next to impossible in some places.
3: Yeah. So I think that's what they had. Mm -hmm. And then in 2012, uh, I moved to to Montreal, and I I was doing uh, video game stuff for Blood Dragon. I did the the trailer animation for Blood Dragon, and my buddies who worked on that with me took me out to uh, two live shows, Battle War and IWS. Battle War is kind of like the one you, you were throwing in a metal club. Yeah. And then IWS was getting, like, these kind of, like, crazy old school looking theaters, you know, where you see, like, Phantom of the Opera and shit. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool. And uh, I started going to them and just, like, obsessed. Like, my entire love of wrestling. I was obsessed with wrestling up until I was 18. You know, Attitude Era and before that, the 80s and Hogan, Macho, yeah. Undertaker, you know, Bret Hart. Like, I was just obsessed my whole life as, as much as I was with comics. Um, but I, I just... Once I be, went into fine art, I just wasn't like aware it was going on, so I kind of missed the Cena era. Um, so when I when I went to those live shows, I just got hooked. We would go get loaded, yell at wrestlers. Yeah, it's the most like going to an indie wrestling show is one of the most fun things you can do. It, it is the as a as a fan. It is if you're you like to chirp and you like to get loud. It's the funniest. And then I started meeting the wrestlers, and I started doing, like, posters for them, and, like, like like event posters, and, and t-shirts, and I've been doing merch t-shirts. I'm doing All that thing. kind of stuff. And uh, uh, Shane Hawk, who was uh, on Chikara, right. he, um, he and I became friends, and uh, he got me to come out to the IWS Dojo, which was, like, their training facility, and... Um, at the training facility I started getting into it and then I was doing Southern Cross, so I took some time off, came back, and I've been there ever since for five years. And the idea was I wanted to get into wrestling to make this crazy wrestling comic, which eventually became Mother
2: Trucker.
0: And but by by that you mean you wanted to get so ingrained in the culture that what you wrote was true blue and no one could be like, Oh, he made this stuff, he don't know what the hell he's talking about. That's yeah,
3: I don't like writing about stuff that I don't know or haven't experienced.
2: Yeah, you can't Even though I
3: write the most far-out sci-fi crazy stuff, the, the the stuff that happens in the comics, like, I've kind of been through. So I wanted to understand, you know, the, the language, which is all kind of based on Carney language. It's like mm-hmm. a metamorphosis of that, and it keeps changing. Like, I was here, I'm, I'm even hearing, like, kind of, like, new stuff where, um, you know, there's little, little code words for things like... Um, you know what's a good code word that I can think of? Like, uh, like shoot, um,
0: work, uh, yeah,
3: yeah, shirt, sure, shoot, work, all that stuff, classic stuff, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, giving him the office, like all kinds of, you know, I'm gene up, like just stuff like, right, real, real like code based stuff that's in wrestling that is, is kind of fun. I wanted to know all of it. It's the best, and now I have so many experiences actually being in a match. Like, I've done hundreds of matches, so, like, I know what it feels like being in the ring. You know, um, the, the guy who did Berserk, that comic, he's got another one, um, a, a wrestling one that's amazing. I'm forgetting the title. I just got it, too. What's it called, What's it called again? Anyway, he has a spot where a guy gives, a, like, a suplex to the other guy, and he does this one great panel of the one, like, of a foot stomping. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's how sweet. you know to go right that That's awesome. foot stop is how you know to go so i was like this this comic is awesome like this guy knows wrestling like it's really cool i want it to feel like that like while the wrestling is is going down like i want you to i want that experience in the drawings
0: i can't so, wait um, i actually got paid today i'm going to throw down on the kickstarter which uh when does the kickstarter end oh
3: man in like 30 days
0: yeah we got time that's you why know, we're gonna be running you on every podcast to, for yeah, until until it's awesome. over, man.
3: Yeah, like we came out of the gate like like a rocket. It was amazing. But what Mother Trucker is is she's like a she's like a, a like space trucking uh, ass stop and wrestle goddess, and she's titties. on a quest to find her long lost kid and become the greatest champion of Truck Off, which is the WrestleMania of the Starways. Awesome. So Truck Off is like. The way truck the way uh, the universe works is all the truckers are wrestlers, so they're all like gigantic. This they're all beautiful. on roids, but the roids are in the the meat, so all the meat is called burgeroids. This is one. So they when they eat burgers, it's like they're doing steroids. So they're all like these jack giant he-man looking guys, and this is this whole project is like my he-man. And um, anyway, she she kind of like goes through this like gigantic. Uh, uh, accident and you can see the pages in the in the kickstarter where um you put it's like it's like wrestlemania 3 truck it's truck off three and big rig is going against gigantruck and he gives him like this slam called the the um stairway to heaven into the highway to hell oh,
2: that's and awesome. it like
3: blows up neo houston and um <laughs> she like she like kind of comes out of it rebuilt by, um, it turns out, like, in the first one, it turns out she's rebuilt by the bad guy, my Vince McMahon of the universe. And he's rebuilding her because the two, the two champions that are, uh, in this universe, which is, uh, Ricky Heat, who is, like, a cross between The Rock and, uh, Ric Flair. Okay. And he's a bit of an older champion. And the new champion, Phil Injection, who's, like, my Shawn Michaels, they're at war, but, like, the, the Vince McMahon character can't, like, like get them under wraps so he creates mother trucker who who is uh the wife of big rig my like hulk hogan macho man to like take them out
0: that's wonderful and
3: um yeah so it's super cool so the whole first like six issues is like there's a match in every issue so each issue feels like a standalone but it's her like trials and tribulations into the into the uh the truck off and what truck off is is in the universe uh if you have let's say you know, Walmart shipping contract and my comic is called Bridgemark. If you have the bridgemark contracts to truck, you have a belt. So all the contracts are belts.
2: All right.
3: right? Right. And there's like <laughs> eyeliner awesome. sticks and like there's all kinds of like different products that people are shipping. You're and putting people the business fight over the, the contracts. Um I'll roll up on you on my truck and challenge you for your 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 belt, your contract, and then the back of our trucks transform into rings and we get it on. And as soon as our tr- truck starts to transform just, like, fans from the space highways just, like, start flying <laughs> just in. Start like, Holy shit! And it's, like, the biggest TV show, like, going is, like, being on the space highways. And, like, a fight breaks out. And just, like, everyone goes and announcers show up on, like, a, a thing. Conveniently like plays the, refs. The, yeah, yeah, there's refs. Yeah. Everything. Just everything shows up almost instantaneously. And, like, people are freaking out. And uh, if I beat you, I get your contract and your truck. And the truck? <laughs> yeah. So you can't come after me after, right? You can't like okay. immediately come back after me because you have no truck, and you have to have a truck to be a trucker, right? So you're done. So you're so just certain done. certain truckers have like fleets, you know what I mean? And they get like like Phil Injection has like his his uh, DX. So there's like a like a China character and like a Triple H character. His name's Tracy.
2: Tracy, All right, I
0: get
3: it. It's like it's like cunning Chris Cutter. <laughs> yeah, and he's like my Triple H. And um and uh yeah, so it's super crazy. So it's all about her like getting into Truck Off and Truck Off is like the WrestleMania of the Starways and it's basically a a race around the rings of Saturn while you fight. So, yeah, all for like the biggest contracts. So it's it's pretty wild. Let's so that's, to- that's Mother Trucker, and we launched on Monday, and we had a, everything I do is in, like, because I'm in Canada, I had to do everything in Canadian, you can't, like, change regions mm-hmm. in Kickstarter, so it was, like, 9,000 9, Canadian, which I think is, like, 6,700 American, okay, and we hit we hit that in like three hours. I noticed like, that
0: I, I, yeah. I when I pulled it up in the morning, it was like you were already up to like uh, like six or nine grand already. I can't. It was it was like okay, Andy's got some backing. Um, let's talk about why you picked Kickstarter because guys like us are right now. People are fucking pigeonholing us, and you've got a crazy idea that if you put this, if someone took this out of context. They could, they'd want to cancel you or bury your idea. But with Kickstarter, it's fuck you. I can do like I'm that's doing... just
3: it. Like I've I've actually pitched Kickstarter to, uh, or sorry, I've actually pitched Mother Trucker to. I uh, uh, pitched it to Black Label at DC. Mm-hmm. I pitched it to Image three times. Um, I I had a con- like a I had a, a company in BC that was going to give me something like. Crazy, like ninety grand to do it for a new digital platform that they were gonna do. Wow. And and my lawyer and I pulled out of the deal so that we could keep the rights. Like yeah you need that was rights. a hard day. That was a hard two hours of my lawyer being like, No, you can't do it. No, you can't do it and I'm like, ninety thousand dollars. Like, Whoa, what? And she's like, No, you won't own any of it. Especially if like,
0: they make a million dollars off of it and you're sitting there with ninety thousand like a like a chump
3: yeah and this is my baby my big idea i don't want people to own it so when i started to make it i was like i know image would 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 publish it Mm -hmm. now like seeing it but i don't think i want anyone else to have it because i'm looking at like the way comics are going it feels like everything's crumbling and they're making comics you know they're they're after the ya market you know which i understand it's totally cool it's business um you know, just big like business. They're, they're after that smile money. Yep. But um, it's not the comics that I make, and it's not the comics I read when I was a kid. Like Isn't when it? I hit 13, I was done with Marvel and DC, and I was reading Heavy Metal Magazine. I was reading Monero and Serpieri and all that stuff all through my teens. Chaos. Yeah, Chaos Comics. Polito, who is rocking. He's a god. That guy is. He, Polito. Actually, what's really funny is I had some of my best portfolio reviews with Polito when I was coming up, and I was like nineteen, twenty.
0: He yes. he was the only one I marked out for at Comic Con in Denver. Everyone else was like, "Hey, cool, nice to meet you." It was it was exciting to meet them, but Polito, uh, uh, I was like, I I need you. To How sign dope this. was
3: Evil Ernie and like Lady Death? Just the dopest. I was so into that like when it was coming out. Like I bought all that stuff, and um, uh, Tony Moore at the time he had that book uh, Battle Pope
0: i remember battle pope it
3: was before walking dead you did battle pope and that Mm -hmm. book was freaking awesome and i was into that all that stuff you know chaos comics was super super dope um yeah so that's what i'm getting back to i'm getting back to those comics and carrie nord and i are starting a company called lethal comics and the the tagline is it's a new wave of old school and um we're going to make the comics we want to make without having to, you know, appease a, a publisher. i I'm, like, yeah. I'm trying sorry. I'm sick of trying to make something for a publisher that they think is attractive enough to sell. I think it's destroying creativity because um, there's so much cool stuff that could be made. And Kickstarter is really where it's at when it comes to, like, unabridged creativity, no holding back,
0: Um, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the freedom of hanging out with your best pals in a tattoo shop. Um, like it's just dope conversations, the right people, everyone's in the right frame of mind, respectful. You're listening to whether you're listening to hardcore music, whether it's hardcore rap, hardcore metal. Um, you're, these guys are making good money on pure unadulterated, whatever the fuck I want to do art. And it's, it's the best thing in the world to me, man. And I'm glad that you're doing this. And, uh, I,
3: that that's what this is. This is like I'm gonna do what the fuck I want art. And I mean, I've wanted to do this for four or five years. Like I became a wrestler to make this, and then COVID. Actually, what happened was like uh, I don't. I haven't gotten a good, a real meaty comic gig in two years. Like I got a really great one with James Tinian recently mm-hmm. in his horror anthology, which was like uh, you know eight ten pages. But I haven't gotten like a series or like one shot or anything. And I feel like my, my art was at its peak. Like, I was peaking as far as, like, That's scary. my art. And I was like, how am I not getting gigs? It's crazy. I was I was sending samples every single month of Marvel and DC. I know all the editors. And just, you know, ghosting, crickets. Um, and, my, you know, uh, I was scheduled to do Warren Ellis' next book at Image. And he kind of, like, hummed and hawed during the time when I needed to get a gig. Right. And the musical chair thing happened. And he quit right before christmas i thought he got canceled and, right before and my christmas. family and i were broke Ouch. and i was like dude like i've been waiting for you to write this thing like we're scheduled to do it and it didn't happen so you know i was totally broke without a gig no one's hiring in december right Right. so what happened was i, I got this mega high profile gig in video games uh animating and it paid for it was three months of like the hardest work i've ever done it was like um but it paid my yearly salary in like three months almost. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was like it was 18 hours, 20 hours a day for for three months straight every single day. My wife came in and she was painting. She worked in video games. My mom had to come in and look after our kid. Um, but when it was over, I was burnt out. But we had money for the year. And then I sold Southern Cross to NBC Universal uh, to make an anime. And we got paid from that. So it was like my wife is, you know, I'm and I'm sending out sample, 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 just giving her. And my wife is like, and I'm really disappointed, getting really depressed. I can't wrestle. Mm-hmm. Right? Wrestling, shh, like everything. We down. weren't allowed to leave our houses. Wrestling's gone. We live for that and, shit. What? I said we
0: live for that shit, man. That was the yeah. worst part yeah, of so it. Yeah, so it
3: was like I was getting really depressed. And yeah. um, and then my wife is just like, you know, it, it's now. Like we have the money. You have to make Mother Trucker now. Wow. <laughs> so she started like pushing me, and I started drawing it. And um, I had written it when we lived in Italy in twenty nineteen. I wrote the script, and I I went over it again uh, with my friends here. And it was just it was it was time. And I started drawing my ass off on it and sending stuff around uh, to my pals to get like you know notes on scripts and, and art and um, it, it was just like all coming like the universe was just like you're supposed to do this and then wrestling started in june and i went to my first uh, wrestling class again and right at that class speedball came up and he's like you want to do privates and i was like hell yeah i want to do privates like private with mike bailey every single week for like hours like oh my god so my training. wrestling game has gone like Exploded. like when animal comes back the animal can wrestle I mean, I'm, I'm training with like, uh, Channing Decker and Danhausen and like, it's dude, it's nuts. Uh, like, I don't know if you know a lot of the other indie guys up here. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of the dudes were, were just in class together on Wednesdays. It's private class and we're jamming and like, he's teaching me, he's teaching me Japanese wrestling. So it's no longer about five moves of doom. It's it's about
0: strong style, you
3: (laughs) Yeah. Strong, strong style, but mixed with like, hard sequences right so you know are you my talking, shine, are you talking my, about shine my comeback and fire my finish you know each one of those things i understand the philosophy and science behind it and like i have a, a, a sequence and he, we've done it maybe you know once to three times every week since gym i do the same thing and it's just getting like so nice and perfect and smooth and Dope looking, and now when I come into a match, I'm just like, okay, shine. This is what I do. Bop, 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 bop. That's awesome, man. Uh, I'm glad that you know, you- like, if I'm gonna do my, if I'm gonna do my comeback and fire, right? You choke me to the ropes. Ref break. I grab your arm. Bite. Kick. Throw me to the ropes. You go for whip. I weave. Angle slam. Separation. Up. We go for line. We both lock arms. I get your hand strike judo throw up i never let go of your hand it's like the hulk holding loki i give you a monkey flip up i do the escalera up the top rope down with the yeah and Dude, you're making me happy 80. boom i go for my finisher oh you get over on me and we're into our first fall seat. like that's you know it's like i have all these sequences like i think there's maybe six seven sequences memorized cold so when i come into a match it's just that
0: you can help it out. You can, you, yeah, can, instead shine, of before, you like, can shine, and you uh, can shine up.
3: maybe I'll do this until we do this. Right? So, yeah. and what's funny is my the titles of Mother Trucker are all based on the, the wrestling match. So the first comic is called The Shine, the second one is The Cut Off, the third one is The Heat, you know, the one after that is the, is the comeback, and the fault. they're all named after, like, the mechanics of a wrestling match.
2: Man,
0: yeah, I, I dig that, because the, the, the last time I read a, a comic book that was, that new kind of what they were talking about wrestling was ringside. And that one came out. So uh, it was decent. I, I wasn't a big fan of the art. The writing was phenomenal, but like it, it came out so sporadically and like, I'd, I'd have to like, every time I'd read it, I'd get a new one. I had to go back four issues to remember what the hell was going on. And uh, it sounds like you've got like, you've got everything in the can from other trucker and ready to rock and roll. Um, yeah. Six,
3: six, six issues are written of it. I have the outline and some of the issues written for the six to 12. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is I wrote six to 12 first, because it was about the whole comic was meant to be about Big Rick and his daughter. And then, and that, that was the whole comic. And then I came in Italy. I think I was looking at so much like Italian comics, you know, <laughs> like a lot of Manera and Druna and Servieri and Those all that stuff. I was older, like, I want to make it about, I want to, and, and I became really obsessed with like Charlotte Flair Right, like Charlotte. Charlotte's match in like WrestleMania was my favorite match by far. Yeah, freaking Charlotte yeah. is the best. Like, Charlotte. God, I love Charlotte. She's freaking rad.
0: The the women's wrestling has really stepped their game up. I'm really digging what they're doing in AEW. Um, they're yep. they're bringing in well, shit. My favorite indie wrestler here was Abaddon, and then now she's now she's elite, man. Like, and, and she's scary as shit, man. Like, she's like. You remember how The Undertaker used to scare us? Now this one is like legit terrifying and it, it, it everything's making me happy, dude. But let's let's talk more about Mother Trucker before we wrap up, man. Um yeah, man. where what are you hoping that you obviously you wanna you wanna get Mother Trucker over and you this is your own baby. You don't have to worry about anyone telling you what to do and you're gonna do it your way. But are you hoping that you're gonna inspire other people and get like a more of a Kickstarter trend going on? For people to start doing their own comics, or is this something you you eventually are going to be like, hey, I wasn't trying to be a a uh, an icon or anything like that. I was I just did what I got to do. Like, what do you want to do for the comic industry after everything you've told me that it's it's not really going down, but there's some struggles.
3: Yeah, I, I want people to do what they want to do, right? Like, stop stop squashing our voices. You know, stop. Stop making us try to make something that we think people will buy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my goal, whenever I make a comic book is to try and make something that I would buy. And, uh, I think Southern Cross was the first thing that I made that I thought I would buy myself.
2: I've
0: got every issue, and, brother.
3: But you know, you're always trying to like, like make someone happy, you know, and in a way that's unhealthy.
2: Yeah, because you forget. Instead of of a way of
3: being you. You know what I mean? And uh, I wasn't getting, I think my entire 17 year career, I really wasn't getting to be myself. Um, That was a scary thing before the Kickstarter launch. I was like, oh no, people are going to see how crazy I am.
0: (laughs) You're going to get canceled, (laughs) baby. Yeah,
3: it's like mankind just started making (laughs) comics.
0: So uh, this comic runs until the 30th? No, no, 30th. Yeah, the
3: campaign runs until the 30th. And then we wait, like, uh, I think it's, like, anywhere from 10 to 20 days for the, the money to kind of come in.
0: 30th and of once November, the,
3: right? The, yeah, there's, like, time for, like, Visa and all that stuff. And then uh, I send it to the printer. And um, as soon as it comes back from the printer, we're working with a company called Chit Chat in Montreal. So they do all, like, I, I box everything up here. I've got a giant studio. Like, like Let's this is, it. like, check out, this is the studio.
2: Oh, it used to be
3: uh a nightclub that was run by the hell's angels oh you can't see it but there's like a bar back there and uh some super wow. bathrooms that are really sweet um but yeah we we got this place uh for like a steal and it's um myself and carl kershaw uh Kieran nord's coming back sweeney boo's here um west craig was here for a bit who does deadly class and um in uh, uh, the other side is a video game studio called Cut to Bits, and they—they're uh, like a upstart video game company. It was all my pals from Ubisoft that basically my connections at Ubisoft all quit and started their own video game company and invited me to share the studio. And it's—it's uh, it's like my man cave. <laughs> oh, that, that's wonderful, man.
0: That's wonderful. So, how yeah. do we find the Kickstarter? Just what do we what do we look for in Kickstarter.com?
3: Well, if you look at, yeah, if you go on Kickstarter.com, all you need to do is, is go to Mother Trucker. We're like, we're on the front page for the for a bit. We're in taking off. We're in fresh favorites. We're like, we're all over it right now because it, it blew up so fast, so quick.
0: And there's a lot, so, of, uh, there's a lot of incentives for that You can just buy the single issues. You can buy trade paperback. Um, or, or well, no, we don't
3: have a trade yet, but what you can buy is you can buy the single issue. You can buy uh, alternate covers by Cole Kershaw, who did this sick, like, Capcom-style cover. Uh, Carrie Nord gave me one with some boobs out. um, That's really funny, of uh, Mother Trucker giving everyone the finger with her top off. Um, There's, like, a complete cover set. There's original artwork I do. There's uh, not-safe-for-work artwork that I do in packs. There's, like, mystery boxes. Um, There's one where you can be in the comic. There's one where I do you a painting. Um, and then there's one that is like $10,000 where I will show up to your house with everything we offer, shoot promos and have a match with you. <laughs> <laughs> For ten grand. No one's getting that. No one's getting it. It's 10 grand. No one's getting it. But the reason we did it is we're going to shoot a bunch of promos this week and throughout the the thing where it's like, we're just going to keep making fun of that. Like, dude, I'm going to show up.
0: You got to, you got to find like some dopey looking guy that's a friend of yours and you just show up at his house
3: and just, you ordered it. We're here. (laughs) Yeah. Like pretend someone spent 10,000 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, Just come over and like, and like power bomb him in his kitchen table. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Man Andy, yeah, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming back on the show to talk about the comic. We're going to run this every episode until the Kickstarter is over at the end of November. Cool, um, brother. That's we, awesome. We appreciate everything you do and if you uh, see Warren Ellis again, tell him why the hell he hasn't even finished fucking Fell because <laughs>
3: like well, he didn't even get started on my thing that I was supposed to do for him. So I don't know what, I don't right. know what to tell you. Yeah, every time <laughs> I bump
0: into every time I bump into uh, Ben uh, at Comic comic cons i'm like when is 10 coming out oh it's coming out it don't worry and i'm like you're just fucking with me man
3: (laughs) yeah
0: man well hey man it's been a pleasure and thanks again i'm gonna release this tomorrow and uh don't worry i'm gonna cut out everything from the beginning and uh (laughs) uh, because we were what we were talking about wasn't recorded but I, i started it like right when i was like thanks i was feeling crappy
3: we were we were shooting and I was, was bringing you
0: up. It was a straight shoot, and no yeah, one's going to hear it. Was,
3: it was like I was putting some wind beneath your wings.
0: <laughs> yes, you were, man. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> Much love, brother.
3: Thanks, man. Thank you, dude.
2: Peace. guys welcome to Minefield.
0: my name is joshua michael as you know i got mr tony morales there new friend correspondent of Minefield. he is now a permanent source here how you doing brother
1: i'm doing good picked up another job apparently <laughs>
0: yeah yeah sorry I i'm down to, i I'm forgot, down. forgot to tell you uh there's no pay uh i mean like uh, no. there, there's not even a handshake and a hot dog on this one brother
1: oh man at least give me like some wings or something shoot <laughs>
0: Man, I posted on the CSW site yesterday, and I felt I felt all neglected. I was like, "Who wants to go to Hooters with me before the next show?" And like, pff, one like, like
1: sad. I literally just saw it, so it's some, I'm always down. It's my some, book, though, brother.
0: Well, come on, let's go to Hooters before the next show, man.
1: I'm down. I'm down. I'm to make that happen.
0: My treat, man. I'll even buy you some fried treat. pickles,
1: baby. Oh, I do love I do love me a fried pickle too.
0: I. I love Hooters. It's actually a family restaurant to me because my family's been going there since it's like open. And I'm, by I mean family, I mean like when we all get together. I've got a big Mexican family. Um, mm-hmm. 20 of us will go to Hooters together.
1: Nice. Yeah. yeah, we used to go for all the pay-per-views back in the 90s, man. We used to have all those every month. Oh, man. Phone uh, me and some friends every month that end up at Hooters freaking watching wrestling.
0: I wonder if we could figure that out. It's, it's it's a dang pit now, which I enjoy. So I wonder if we could ever figure out like a, like some sort of a collaboration with Hooters, where we get to record there, get free wings, and watch a pay per view. <laughs> bring bring yeah. our friends.
1: We might just have to make that happen.
0: I agree, man. It'd be, it's a it's a big dream post post COVID. But why the hell not, man? I mean, if they already got like something that's like ninety percent effective. Uh, you're probably getting, Well, I don't want to mention your shoot job but you know you know what I mean there you're going to be involved yeah. and uh, god damn man there's a lot of hope going on right now uh, regardless of what's going on politically I just I mean I really like seeing the people in New York just partying on the streets whether or not uh, what affiliate, affiliation you have uh, those guys have been down and out
1: since March yeah hey man I'll, I'm down for the Cuba Shuffle any day of the week shoot bring it back
0: I agree, man. Hey, we'll do the stanky leg.
1: Oh. I'm not sure, man. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. I haven't done the stanky leg in a while. (laughs) I don't have the long legs for it, man. Frickin' you got those long legs. I don't have long Dancer's legs.
0: That's all right, man. I'll show you how. I'll show you how to fake it. But it's good to talk to you as usual, man. It's so nice to have, have you as part of Minefields. And, I mean, like Colin and I started this as brothers and... Uh, his job, unfortunately, doesn't allow as uh, much freedom as we do, even though you and I work a, a ton. But his is more like a 14, 16, 20 hour day. And yeah. no.
1: Heck, today was my first day back. Shoot. It's crazy. How was it? That was good, man. That was good. Freaking happy to see people, happy to be seen. I
0: remember, you know, I remember... life. I remember working there. It was dangerous being able to swipe your card for like anything. Anytime you wanted a snack or,
1: or breakfast. True.
0: Yeah.
1: Definitely put on some weight that way.
0: Mm. How's the weight coming, man? Like, how's the the PT going?
1: Doing good, man. Doing good. Getting right around cruiserweight status right now, so that's always a plus thing.
0: Hey, some of those so. cruiserweights can kick some serious ass, man. Remember they tried to make Pac. Uh, Cruiserweight for a
1: while. Oh, uh, Neville. Dude, did you, you, you watch Jed tonight?
0: Oh no, I have not. Do not do that to oh, me. Oh,
1: I'm, I'm not gonna spoil it to you. I'm not gonna spoil it for you. But was it worth? The end.
0: Was it worth the announcement that Tony Khan was changing everything?
1: Eh, I didn't even hear there was an announcement about it, but it's a good. It's a good episode. I'm, I'm a big fan. Definitely, some things I you know I would personally like different, but that's gonna be any any outside artistic project that you're not readily involved in, you know? Right.
0: And I, I feel like a, I feel like a jerk because I was always a WWE guy. I, I was never a WCW guy. I mean, I dug it. There wasn't anything that I hated about it, but I, I preferred, I mean like stone, if stone cold would have been in WCW, I would have been all about WCW. Like period.
1: He was stunning, man. He was stunning.
0: He was perfectly stunning. Love that beautiful blonde hair.
1: <laughs> a lot of those long flowing blonde locks.
0: But uh, I'm so stoked about the AEW video game. man. I, it, if, if they've got the right guy, I mean, like, because you saw all those videos of, of, of when mm-hmm. uh, Omega was like doing the the conventions. I mean, they even had New Day, you know, play him and everything like that. He knows what he's doing. He knows what what works as a fanboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've got, uh, of course, they've got referee. Um, Why am I spacing on her name right now? Aubrey Edwards. Aubrey Edwards. She like her shoot job before ref, video game designer.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm consciously optimistic, man. 'Cause I've, I've seen some stuff like freaking TNA, which wasn't so good. But I remember that AAA Lucha Libre game came out. That game was amazing for 360. You you
0: ain't kidding about that, man. My my buddy was showing me that like a couple months ago, and I sold him on Fire Pro.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Uh, Fire Pro, man. Like I was really just hoping that they would just like. Buy Fire Pro, make it AEW, redesign a few things, make the graphics a little bit better, and I'd be I'd have been in heaven.
1: Oh, yeah. I could definitely. It'll be interesting to see what they do with it. I'm, mean, like I said, cautiously optimistic. Because, you know, wrestling, video games, you know. Like, I think one of my personal favorites back in the day was definitely SmackDown 2. Uh, no Mercy was of, uh, mine. Per, per uh, PlayStation.
0: No, oh, no, I remember that one was awesome, but I didn't own that one. My, we would play that before SmackDown... And then watch SmackDown and just get completely fucked up and beat the shit out of each other. (laughs) Nice. It was heaven, man. Or just playing it in between commercials. I mean, it was just non-stop. Like, just a bunch of dorks in the dorm rooms
1: and shit, man. That'll work, man. That'll work.
0: I was a No Mercy guy.
1: Okay. I was definitely good, man. I I never had a N64, so...
0: Well, I got one that works, so... Once uh, things a little bit die down and we're a little bit more comfortable, like being in close, com- I really don't care. Honestly, man, I I hug you every time I see it. But if you want to like throw it down, no mercy. I've got I've got to work in 64. If you want to record live next time in person, because we're doing this, uh, we're both in Colorado Springs, guys, and um, we're doing this over over Skype. Or actually, Facebook. Cause Skype's been fucking up. But uh, man, that'd be a fun tournament, man. Especially if we can get everyone together.
1: I could, yeah, it could definitely be fun. Do it like show day or something.
0: Show day recording, yeah, early man. I've got an old beat up ass big, not not a big screen TV, one of those big like, god, I want to say maybe thirty inches, uh, that makes the because you know have you plugged in a sixty four or a Nintendo into a flat screen? It looks like garbage.
1: Oh, does it? I can tell you last time I did, shoot.
0: Yeah, it, it looks like garbage because it's like it's so the pixels are so apparent. It it, it the the power oh, got. The power just isn't there, so I have an old ass TV in my storage. So, yeah, that'd be. All right, so we're doing Hooters, and we're doing uh, pre game show video games as soon as this COVID bullshit's over, man.
1: Nice, I'm so down.
0: What do we got? What do you got for me, man? Uh, You sent me your list. Uh, Sound it off for me, brother.
1: Oh, man, right now looking at uh, Hellblazer Rise and Fall number two, we got Batman 102, and Deceased Dead Planet 507. Cool.
0: I read one, wasn't my favorite thing. The zombie books are, man, I'm such a hypocrite because I'm I'm like not wanting to like deceased, but I'm rereading Walking Dead as the new color issues come out. Um, I definitely read Hellblazer. Uh, Thor number nine knocked me off my socks. That is definitely, I think, the best comic book that came out this week. Batman two as well. Uh, Sweet Tooth number one uh, is, well, Sweet Tooth is back, and we'll, we'll get into that when we start talking about it. want to talk about some Ex of Swords number 14. Uh, it's a Marauders issue, but like in the Ex of Swords line, it's number 14, and there was a lot of good action there. Uh, what do you want to start with, man?
1: I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I'm kind of interested in that Ex of Swords, dude. If you can tell me all about it.
0: All right, so Ex of Swords. Let me pull this guy up here. Marauders, uh, we're dealing with a lot of different... We're, we're doing a lot of, like, B, C, and D-list X-Men on this one. Now, th- what they're doing is something they haven't done in quite a long time, is when... You know when they do, like, a big event, and, like, there's, like, one... Like, they're not doing what they've been doing for the past 10, 15 years, where there's of Swords number 1, 2, 3, to number 21, which I think where it's going to end, and then they've got all these... Little side comics like uh, Mm -hmm. that, you know, one through four, one through four over here, one through four over here. And you you really don't need to get those ones. It's kind of a cash grab. Four issues of like barely anything happening with some F-lister artists that are hoping something gets over on it. No, not at all. This is incorporating all the X-books. Each book is another chapter, so you're going to have to buy all the other, you know, the lines that are coming out right now. But each issue matters. And that, okay. that as, as a consumer, as, as well, not really a consumer. As someone that still has that uh, middle class kid inside of him that had six dollars in his pocket in five to maybe six minutes that my parents would tolerate me going into the comic book store before they told me I had to leave. Uh, you know, that mad race to find something worth that six bucks. Uh, is always is in my head in terms of that sort of thing. So I'm really happy that's what they're doing with Extra Swords right now, that it's not, it, each issue matters. Marauders, we're looking at Gary Duggan and Benjamin Percy, writer, Stefano Castelli, artist, Edgar Delgado, color artist, VCs Corey Pettit, love that guy, as uh, letterer, and Tom as design. Uh, we're talking, this is a, we're talking a Rocco and Krakoa. Rocco is basically female to male Krakoa. Two separate lands that were once joined, now separated. Each land has their own different territories except Krakoa. Krakoa is basically just Krokoa, the mutant the mutant island or land. But mm-hmm. now they've built it into a story where it was part of another where it was joined with its own, like they they infer it as if it was like his wife. We're talking a lot of not mystical, but uh, Wiccans would really enjoy this because there's there's male female aspects to everything. There's there's a balance that has to be maintained. Orocco was left kind of in the dust, and all the different territories in it became uh, war torn. Um, Apocalypse married to queen of such place, and that they had to make a sacrifice where he had to go uh, stay on Earth to make sure that these certain things didn't cross from one barrier to another. And now we're ending up in a do-or-die situation where everyone in Araco has figured out a way to cross borders to get to Krakoa, because they want Earth, and they especially want Krakoa. And it doesn't matter that the original Four Horsemen, Apocalypse's kids, are on the other side. We're seeing more of Apocalypse being like... Uh, I think he said he was sorry for a second. and I almost threw up in my mouth. Mm. Man. Um But this is the issue, and I don't want to say quintessential, but it is definitely a a good trope that I haven't seen in quite a long time where a huge battle is about to happen. All the warriors have been chosen on each side. They all had to pick their mystical sword and go on a specific journey to get each said sword, which is what's been happening and all the issues being building up to it. And so you're emotionally invested in the sword. You're emotionally invested in the warrior, whether or not you like him or not. Like, Like... were you ever a New Mutants fan?
1: Ah, uh, actually, that was actually right before I started. Do you, so I didn't really get into New Mutants, but I was definitely, I definitely liked X Force. Oh,
0: of course, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I think Doug Bradley was already dead by then. Cipher, right? his mutant yeah, ability.
1: So, Doug Ramsey. Yeah, he was definitely, he was definitely long gone by then. Because I don't think he came back till after the phalanx, if I remember correctly.
0: Yes, you're correct. Uh, with with warlock, that was a lot of fun. Uh, those were some of the few variant mm-hmm. covers that really knocked me off my socks. That 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 foil down the side.
1: Oh yeah, classic. Right? When they had all the Generation X guys on them. Correct.
0: Um, I'm so looking forward to see what Doug Ramsey have to do has to do in this story because he's magic is teaching him Alanya Rasputin is teaching him how to sword fight, which he has no idea what to do until. Remember, his meat and power being language. Uh, language. And this language. is this is one of the thing, reasons why, if you ever play D&D with me, my characters, like, their foremost ability is language. And it always pays off, because you, you have so many different amorphous qualities to it. When he realizes that sword fighting is learning the language of the body language of the other person about what this twitch does and what it signals... Mmm... Um, it, it, he's basically reading a map about what someone's about to do, and he's the littlest one. His sword is actually Warlock, and they don't know yeah. it. The other, the other guys don't know it yet. Warlock is basically his, his right arm at the moment, and it just looks like he's got like a phalanx arm, but I think that's going to be a really good key to it. And this particular issue is the meeting of all the warriors to have a civilized five-course meal, led by a real um god she's a blowhard it just she's she's in charge of the middle land where the battle's gonna happen And if you know of course our warriors on earth lose then access to earth is granted but it's rich with enemies meeting each other and realizing they have a lot in common okay do you ever like you ever had and i'm not asking to name names do you ever have a beef with anyone that you ended up wrestling with and you ended up becoming, like, really good friends? Or not good friends, but at least when you were set to wrestle each other, you knew it was going to be a great match because for some reason you had chemistry, even though you guys weren't, like, good friends outside the ring?
1: Oh, yeah. I can name a couple of people, yeah. There's definitely been people that, like, you, you, don't, you don't respect and you're just kind of like, screw this guy. And you get in there and you're just like, oh well that's a surprise
2: yeah
0: yeah i mean even just for everyone that doesn't wrestle i mean how many times like uh listeners uh, minefielders you ever met some girl or some guy that you just hated and all of a sudden next thing you know it's like it's on (laughs) and and it 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 just kicks things into high gear and that's what this issue is really doing here it's it's saturn nine controlling this this land and the entire time, the the C story is that Wolverine is gonna do something, and everyone knows he's gonna do something. That's part of the X Men, and he just murders Saturday Night. I mean, just he he has a drunken rage and claws. One of the best splash pages I've seen in quite a long time. The artwork is uh, I want to say probably about a good like B plus, maybe A minus on this because it, it it's reminiscent of like Do you remember like reading like X-Men Alpha or X-Men Omega for Age of Apocalypse
1: mm-hmm. you
0: remember how the artwork was just like X-Men Alpha was like like Hubert type thing and then yeah. Omega was like oh, someone is really trying really hard to do that That that's what's going on art wise in this but it, it I think it pays off I hope I hope they uh, learn from what they've done and uh, it just develops into some really I, I really want to see this person grow That that's Something I really enjoy. We okay. got a good splash page, a set of nine getting just berserker raged on. I, we're not sure she's dead, but that's where it ends off. And it, there's lots of little quotes in this sort of thing. Like where it ends where uh, the last page is, I'll tell you what joins us all. Everything dies if you figure out a way how to kill it. Wolverine. Mm. Um. I'm
1: trying to sell this on you, man. <laughs>
0: I'm trying so hard to sell you on this, man. Oh, It
1: sounds interesting, man. I just freaking... It sounds solid. It sounds good. And I, I picked up a couple issues here and there, but I haven't, you know, read it straight through as of yet. But I mean, it's. Are you? Definitely. An, a bit.
0: Would you say you're an X guy, or would you say you're? Are you still sticking to more DC?
1: Uh, um, I'm not as much as I used to be back in back in back when I was starting out reading, that's all I was about was X Men. I'm still, still more of a DC as to Marvel, but you know, I definitely, I definitely read some X books here and there. Not the main, like, like I'm, I'm big into X. Ex- I
0: lost you. Can you hear me?
1: i gotten into it quite as much as I'd like, freaking. I, I'm, like I said, a 90s guy. I liked my, you know, I liked that team. And they kind of scattered everybody over the years.
0: The hype was definitely there, and the hype is definitely not there anymore, but in it, its it's got to really just shine on its own merit, as opposed to where DC is always really thick with intelligent thought and not a lot of goddamn splash pages. And like, have you ever read a comic like a Marvel comic and it just exhausted you trying to fi- figure out what's going on because it was just like ten pages of straight fighting and you just like just flipping fast enough to get to some more words.
1: Yeah, no, I've definitely been there.
0: What was one of the- what was one of the comics that really set you on fire this week, man? I mean, because that one was I'm trying to sell you, and I'm not sure if I'm all the way there yet. I'm gonna have to just like get you the graphic novel when it comes out.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'd definitely, I I'd probably pick that up at some point, or maybe I'll piece. Like I said, I've already got a few pieces of it, so I can definitely piece. You know, man, I might get around to piecing the rest of it together down the road. But I don't know, man. Like this uh, Batman 102 has been really, really something interesting for me because uh, they introduced a new character. Uh, Ghostmaker, I maker apparently has a uh, history with Bruce Wayne not Batman but Bruce Wayne himself from back when Bruce was going around the world and training and personally I've always I've always kind of liked when they create new characters that go in that fit into the lore of Batman for like years ago like the Court of Owls I thought was amazing because it just fits so seamlessly into you know Batman's history
0: Corda Elves was a hard sell for me, man. That one, that one, I barely made it through. Okay. And, like, I'm glad you brought that up, because there was two different dynamics going on here. In my mm-hmm. mind, I was like, okay, I get it. We have to have a new villain. Uh, uh, we always need new villains, especially after uh, the past year with Bane and... The past year's just been Bane and Joker, right?
1: Pretty much. I mean, there's Riddler, obviously, from were jokes and riddles, but there hasn't been, like, a tremendously large, like, the last couple of months, they've kind of been introducing new characters, but it seems it's been a lot of the, you know, the heavy hitters. I mean, the Bane thing was kind of, like, the biggest thing Bane's done since he debuted, so I'm always going to be down for that. Agreed. But, uh, and, and Joker's been in some solid stuff, like, some of the better stuff in the last probably decade. But, freaking, like, long term, it's like, you know, it'll be interesting to see how these kind of stories go down, um, you know, into the history of Batman lore. Are they going to be some of the biggest, bigger stories that he's, that these characters have done or not?
0: What, what's divisive for me is that there is, like, a few different things going on ahead head when this is going on. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it. We, we need a new character, but am, am I, my palette was struggling. Like, do I like this or not? we're introducing a new character but they're figuring out some is this a bullshit way to introduce him that he was like some guy that you know bruce fought on the streets of like ireland to learn knife fighting from this one other guy but um okay so they're they're sneaking in that way and i'm like man i don't know if i like this but then of course um
1: the kid's name uh Clown Clown
0: Clown Hunter, yes, yes, sorry. I I'm all about okay. this
1: kid. I, I like Oh yeah, no, Clown Hunter's interesting because that was totally a left curve, you know. And I think we talked about it earlier. We both kinda of thought it we assumed it'd be Damien Right and then it was just being this guy. But the you know the kid had a reason to do it because his you know, Batman couldn't save his parents. And that's that's a deep thought process of like, you know, if this guy can't save you, you gotta save yourself. You
0: ever you ever encounter that when you're instructing wrestling when you see something in yourself and somebody and they're they're fighting you and even though you know that you have the answers they're still fighting you
2: oh
1: yeah definitely i mean there's times i've had to like sit down with people and just be like hey you know like, like some people some people learn physically and some people you have to like sit down and you know not dumb it down but explain to them the concepts of why you know, because people, a lot of people, know like, guys come in from day one. They want to learn. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that, and it's like you know, you'll get there, you know. But you got You got to You got to crawl before you can walk. And a lot of people just kind of, oh, I want to be Jeff Hardy, and I want to do swanton's, and I want to do four fifties. And I know because I was that kid at one point. You know, I was nineteen, freaking coming into wrestling training, and thinking I was, you know, hot shit, freaking. You know, I already knew stuff. Cause I've been watching it on TV, so it's got to be like this. When
0: are we getting and, the uh, super kicks, man? Just give me
1: the super yeah. kicks. Oh, no, I hated super kicks. I freaking. If you ever actually seen me do a super kick in a match, I would be surprised. Like, I can, I can physically remember the last three times I've done a super kick in a match.
0: They're not my favorite thing in the world, uh, unless it goes completely well, over it, the they're top.
1: Over, everybody does them. It's because it's freaking simple. You Do know, there's an art. There's an art to making stuff like that make sense, which is what my, you know, my issue with a lot of the current wrestling is, is freaking make it mean something. Like, give me, give me a reason to care about you. I don't need to be like you doing cool stuff is cool, but at the end of the day, man, if I don't feel for you, why would I really give a crap?
0: Tell me about like before we get to. I was driving the other day i been meaning to ask you this. a Mental yeah. note. What is the trick to a super kick? Is it is it more of the opponent leaning in as close as he can, or is it? I mean, like, what's what is really the the science of the super kick?
1: Just freaking. I mean, flexibility for the most part. Flexibility, just knowing where to kick to make sense. You know, make because a lot of guys, oh, I'm gonna super kick you, and they kick you in the in, in the tummy. How? And I always I always say tummy because it's funny.
0: Right. No, like, I
1: know. Oh, you know. you kicked me in the tummy. Like I remember wrestling this guy, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna hit you with the trouble in paradise," and he got me legitimately in the thigh.
0: Damn.
1: And I'm just like, "You are ki- like, you're killing me, man. Like, this is this is your big moment to shine, and that's what you bring. Like, don't don't BS me, man. If you can't, if you freaking you think you can do it, cool. But freaking, you know, know you can do it." That's one of the biggest things is freaking, you know, knowing what you can and can't do. Because everybody's got this freaking, the one thing they can't do that freaking, you're you're just shocked that they can't do it. Like I knew one guy that was an amazing wrestler, a cruiserweight guy, did a lot of high flying, had probably one of the top three shooting stars I've ever seen, couldn't springboard. Could not springboard to save his life. And just, just never He could never get it to where he felt comfortable with it. But the guy was smart enough not to freaking do it in a match. You know, he'd practice it here and there, but overall he just never felt comfortable enough doing it to throw it on a show.
0: That's when you really, like, when you really got to go for it. Once you know that, uh, I mean, like, I've, 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 I've never been an athlete athlete, but the only sport I've ever been good at was uh, swimming. And, like, from age 6 to 12, and then we moved to Alaska and there were no pools. But uh, I was beaten. I was in sixth grade, beating the eighth graders with the the moves that like were the hard ones. That like the ones that challenged me. The ones I hated doing. I hated butterfly. I hate mm-hmm. like you like if I had the speed, but butterfly like freestyle was like okay, back and forth, we're done. But yeah. but the the pain was in the backstroke and the butterfly, and it it was the only time of in terms of like being you know uh, athletic that it really shine. i know this hurts but somehow the, if i power through the pain i'm um, i finished like solid five seconds before everyone else and nice. um and I, I really hope that like that's one of the things that a lot of the trainers here are, are focusing on and actually i know it because i've seen it is when they they they, they, they notice a chink in the armor. And, um, nope, we're focusing on that laser focused, (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to do it. Uh Uh-uh, we're doing it. And, uh, you, you seem like that sort of trainer to me, man, especially the way you talk about it.
1: Oh, no, I definitely got a passion for it. It's just freaking, you know, it's, it's interesting to see people grow and it's interesting, like that, that moment where somebody gets something, you know, it's great. It's fantastic. And you really feel like you're contributing And a lot of guys freaking, you know, some guys, I guess, I don't think it's so much of a problem now, but like back in the day was people wouldn't, like the trainers wouldn't commit long term. And freaking, you know, if the trainer's not going to commit, how is the student going to learn how to actually do this? Because this is a, it's a long term process, you know, all the way, you know, just getting through training is one part, but then you start doing shows and it's a completely different beast. Now,
0: how did you read this particular comic? Did you read it as a comic fan, or did you read it as someone that is a professional wrestler? Who would you train? I mean, like, was were your training ears and training eyes, like, laser-focused on this one, or were you just enjoying it as someone reading a comic book?
1: No, I, was, I, was, you know, I enjoyed reading it. You know, I definitely I hadn't really thought about it, but, like, it's interesting to think about, because you don't, like, the trainer himself, you know, you don't really, his name's Tommy Tavane, And like the guy's looks like he's you know he's in Dublin, Ireland, and he gets thrown out of a bar. Druid's Tavern. Yeah, freaking. He's like, and it's just like, you know how he he's got skills, obviously. If he's you know Bruce Wayne's looking at him and this other guy's looking at him, but you know the thing is, is he a trainer? You know, is he really able? Like, you could be good at something and just you know be horrible at teaching somebody else the same that same ability. So I mean, it's interesting to see because I mean. You know, here are these two teenagers fighting over the guy, and at the end of it, he's just like, I fucking hate teenagers.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: And he just, he just kind of walks off while these two guys are legitimately fighting over, you know, the ability to get taught by this guy. This is what of mean. My... It doesn't seem like he's really all that interested in training anybody anyway.
0: This is one of my favorite parts of it having the show, is because, like, l- look at Clown Hunter. Like, he's got that hodgepodge DIY outfit, and he's got a look. He's got the he's got the ganas, uh, but we've got new guy here that's you know cyber criminal like super polished. He's he's the guy that's been wrestling for a while and can afford the uh, expensive gear here. But I've,
2: oh
1: yeah, and he's got a cape.
0: And he's got a cape, but Clown Hunter, I'm I'm digging him. Building a rocket launcher. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, I mean it's interesting to see like all, all the all the new characters they've got. You know they got Clown Hunter, they got Ghost Maker. I mean, obviously, Punchline has kind of hit the ground running. You know, it's interesting to see the the different ways all these people are kind of stepping into their own. I mean, you know, Ghostmaker is a guy that, you know, he's obviously been doing it for a while. Right. You can tell because, you know, when him and Batman start fighting towards the end of the issue, you know, he, he Batman straight up tells him, we had an agreement. You were going to stay out of my city. And Ghostmaker's just like, you know, you've been screwing up this city. You know, you're not making it better. You're he's, just putting the criminals away so they can come back later.
0: Especially what he said at the beginning when he's like, you've got all this money, uh, you could have just paid everyone to move away and have a better life, burn this place to the ground and start over. It would have been better.
2: Yeah.
1: Do you think he's the next
0: yeah. next good anti-hero? you think he's villain or anti-hero? Or you think they're going to actually turn him face?
1: Uh, I definitely I definitely think he's going to stay a villain. I mean, he's if nothing. I mean... He could end up being an anti-hero, kind of like in the same vein as Red Hood. But I mean, I kind of feel like that's more Clown Hunter, really, because Clown Hunter, you know, he's like you said, he's DIY, freaking. He's got people behind him. He's, you know, he's doing his best to clean up the city, and he's a kid. And I think people, people kind of flow more towards that, you know, that DIY mentality, because deep down, you know, if you're reading comic books, at some point, you've probably been like, you know, I can, you know, how how would I do it if I could do it? Right. You know, and I don't have Bruce Wayne's money, what would I do, you know? And that's that's Clown Hunter. He's he's the you know he's a kid living the dream.
0: They really set up a lot of good things in this in this particular issue, whether or not you like it or not, you, you have to appreciate what like little nuances they're including this. Lucius is not gonna fix your suits anymore. You want to mm-hmm. keep doing that? Um we've got he's they're setting up problems with the money. They give us a little bit for the 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 fanboys and girls out there that want the kooky uh, Harley Quinn but she really just wants a goddamn apartment. Like, that's really yeah. all she wants. Just leave her alone.
1: <laughs> and that's the thing. And that's kind of the interesting part about it is you know no one's going to leave her alone because friggin', you know, she's over here. You know, she just wants to get an apartment. And then Clown Hunter's watching her. And then Ghostmaker's watching him. And then Batman's watching him. And, I mean, that's, that's just kind of seems like it's life in Gotham. You know, another interesting part that I dug was freaking um, the conversation with Oracle and Batman. You know, once he goes dry, freaking, or once he goes dark, you know, she's kind of wrestling with the fact of, you know, is she more important to the group as Oracle or is she more important as Batgirl? And I think that's interesting to think about.
0: That made me happy that they brought that up because I was literally thinking about that. Right when she said that, I was like, do I like her better in a wheelchair or do I like her better on a motorcycle?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, how is she more, I mean, you know, I mean, like she, like she says here, you know, there's Cassandra Kane and there's Stephanie and they could both be, but they could both step into the Batgirl and no, and you know, no problem, but no one can be Oracle.
0: No, no. Um, I, I'd i really like to see like a little bit, some of, sort of collaboration when they reinvent characters. Like, okay, so you've got a great idea and you're going to run with it. That's fine uh i absolutely encourage you know advancement paradigm shift but i would like to see i mean Gil simone is alive and well um she wrote the best birds of prey comics i've ever read in my life and i would like to have been like a little little subtitle at the bottom of the credits and like in Gil simone assisting on oracle just you know feeding good things to uh encourage new writers new artists to okay like I like what you're doing, but don't forget about this. I mean, you can throw it away if you want, but keep that in the back of your head or, you know, keep that. Uh, here's a good card, you know, to play poker with, you know, I snuck it to you, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, because there's there's a lot of different things that, that, that matter to people right now, like uh, gender matters to people, uh, social class matters to people. And in mm-hmm. Gil Simone completely encapsulated the best female aspects of all of the best uh, female characters in uh, the Batman universe through just one comic, and she she was only she was given the that that small little bit where like we we're talking about earlier, where like yeah, so uh, brightest day was going on, but the brightest day issues of, B- of Birds of Prey were like my favorite ones out of them.
1: Oh, okay, awesome.
0: Yeah, and, and it, so you know, there's I guess a good thing to that as opposed to my argument earlier, but I mean that's so rare, but at the same time, it like I'd love to see the a little bit more collaboration. Uh, it, from what I understand from the comic artists and writers I know, it's pretty solitary. It's as opposed to uh, what we've been talking about and you're training people. Like, the, all these guys work at all the different territories here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. They have to play nice.
1: Yeah. And I,
0: I, I think it's only making Colorado better, whether or not everyone agrees with each other or not.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I mean, you're definitely, not everybody's not going to agree, you know. People will think, oh, hey, I could do more over here, I could do this here, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, you're a piece, you're a cog in the machine. Right. You you can definitely give your opinion, but whether they listen to it or not, you know, that's, you know, that's up to them.
0: Sell me on Deceased, brother.
1: Oh, man, Deceased. This might, like I said, man. I'm a big El- uh, Elseworlds fan, and anything that, you know, these kind of books, anything could happen are amazing. You know, there's a lot of, in- like, this one's kind of a, you know, this one definitely focuses on Constantine. You know, you got Constantine over here with Dr. Fate trying to get, you know, all the pieces together. Because the whole thing last time is they just realize or they don't even realize it yet, but uh, back in the first Deceased, they, uh, Darkseid dark side was one of the first guys to fall right to the anti-life equation and at the end of the last mo- uh, last month's issue he comes back and they find out that he's not dead but he's zombified so like we you know you you have that to look forward to while the heroes have no idea about it because they were just looking for the mobius chair to try to get some information to get everything fixed up who's still alive but- uh, right now we have um, Damian Wayne is the new Batman. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Superman's son is now a Superman. Jonathan. Cause he, yeah, Jonathan Kent, Superman. Uh, Superman is actually zombified, and he is eating the sun. <laughs> so he's, he's he's doing that. Um Uh let's see. Red Hood's still alive, and he's actually married to Ravager. I dig which it. is super interesting. I dig that. Um Cassandra Kane is the new batgirl. Swamp thing's still around, Constantine's still around. Um, we find out in this issue that Dead Man's still around. I love
0: Dead Man. He's one of my Yeah, Deadman,
1: Deadman he's one of those guys that like doesn't does not get his due, I feel like.
0: He's 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 like uh, you were listening to like Aphex Twin who did like um Come to Daddy or yeah. Window Licker? Uh, where he's an electronic music artist and he's not palpable to everyone. He's a fine eighty-year-old age wine. He's a DJ's DJ. Um, okay. Dead Man is definitely a comic book character for people that are got like DJ's DJ, comic book writer, comic book artist lover, like something that just always like everyone's got like this like trump card about that sort of thing. Like, if I could do a Dead Man show. Deadman comic something like i know i would do it like this because and i, I want to add to the storyline here because he definitely has this like pulse to him
1: yeah no i definitely he's one of those i come a real big uh i like um justice league dark and he's always kind of a feature in that and you know he's always great comic relief and like i got into him because of the uh justice league dark movie they put out
0: oh that was yeah. wonderful
1: oh yeah and freaking, you know, I kinda of started looking into a little bit more about him after that.
0: And uh, just real quick guys, if if you guys haven't uh sampled the DC universe comic movies, you're fucking up. They're they're superior. They they're the way that everyone likes Marvel movies more than D C live action movies, it's flip flopped for comic for the cartoons. The the Marvel comics cartoons are decent, but the D C ones are
2: mm mm mm.
1: I Definitely agree on that. I got substantially more DC videos than I do Marvel, as far as the cartoons go.
0: So, what's the end game here, man? Like, uh, obviously, they're like, have they figured out what caused the zombie outbreak? Uh, is there a particular source that they got to get to to destroy to fix everyone?
1: Well, they figured out that because um, they put the anti-life equation into Cyborg, and Cyborg ended up making it into a techno virus, and that's what made and that transferred to all the, you know, all the electronics in the world, cell phones, computers, whatnot. And that's what turned everybody, and they know that. And they actually they, had, they found Cyborg, and they put him back together, and Cyborg knew that the cure was inside of him, but they didn't know um, how to get to it. They didn't know what it was about Cyborg that could fix the problem, which is why they went after the Mobius chair uh, last issue. And they were able to get that fixed up, but the, uh, the next part of the problem is that Constantine and a group of people who are still on Earth, you know, Dr. Fate, uh, Swamp Swamping, Batman, they're actually trying to get to Nanda Parbat, and to get the, um, oh, I want to, s- they're looking for the Spear, uh, i trying to remember what the exact name of it is.
0: The Spear of Destiny?
1: Uh, not the, sp- it might be, yeah, it is actually the Spear of Destiny, good call. So they're freaking over here trying to get the spear of destiny and they end up, you know, the whole thing is that, you know, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to, Constantine's leading this and they're trying to get him to promise them that nobody dies. Huh. And Constantine's whole thing is that nobody's going to die that isn't already dead.
0: Well, the fact that he promised anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Constantine, which is, you know, you can't believe a word he says because he's always, he's always going to do what he's going to do.
2: Whether you, you know, like it or not or he yeah. likes it or
1: not. Exactly. And that's kind of one the interesting part. You know, they use swamp in to get there and part of the way across they find Ravager and Red Hood. And, you know, they happen to they find out that, you know, Red Hood and Ravager are married and the first then Damien's just kind of staring at him. And then just you know, he ends up hugging them both and he's just like, I can never I can't be happier for you guys. Congratulations. And to see Damien, that kind of growth from Damien, I thought was insane.
0: Litmus test for sure. Like how far they can go with Damien. How are they going to react with this? Let's see what they do. And maybe in 10 years, you know, Damien will be Batman. Or, uh, um, I want to rewind to the Mobius chair. I'm not familiar with the Mobius chair. Can you help me out?
1: Uh, Mobius chair is basically this that it's the It it knows everything. If you sit in the Mobius chair, It can tell you, if you ask it a question, it will tell you the, it knows all, so it will tell you the answer. That was actually what they used to initiate um, the, the three Jokers, was that Batman sat in the Mobius chair, and he asked him, what's the Joker's real name? And that's how he found out there was three Jokers.
0: That was years ago, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, that was about four years ago in Justice League, if I recall properly. You know, and that's and that's the whole thing is if you can get there, if you can get to the chair and sit in it, it'll literally give you the answer to any question.
0: Is the where's the Mobius chair from? And like, uh, what what title? It's from, it's
1: from it's from New Gods. Oh, beautiful! Like yeah, you're, you're so, talking
0: Kirby. Oh yeah, oh, dude, this beautiful. Is this
1: is definitely some fourth world stuff here.
0: Oh, that's beautiful, man. The New Gods of some Yeah, different.
1: it's. Yeah, oh, I'm a cute. big Miracle fan, so that's I have another one that's still
2: alive. Uh,
0: I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get mm-hmm. all excited. I I bought Mister Miracle that came out like three, four mm-hmm. years ago, number one, and I have. You mm-hmm. can have you can have it. It's worth a lot of money right now. If if it's if it means more to you well, than I've got me, i all of them. Yeah. It, oh, you you have it already. The first. I've
1: got, I've got the entire coverage set. Okay, never mind.
0: I'll save it. I'll save it for the next person that likes uh, uh Mister Miracle.
1: I've got that, I've got, uh, my wife got me one of the trade paperbacks that uh, Kirby actually worked on. Wow. So I freaking, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a decent enough fan. <laughs> but yeah, one of the new gods, Metron, is actually the guy that sits upon the chair. And like I said, he, he just goes looking for, around the universe, looking for any knowledge he can find.
0: Reminds me of Galactus's chair in his, uh, like, his weird spacecraft. His costume looks, reminds well, his early costume reminds me of uh, Machine Man. I do enjoy that.
1: I, I can get more havoc from X Men, but I could definitely see Machine Man in there also.
0: The new ones, man, especially, like, the way they can color. Oh, there's the, yeah, I found it. Batman, I've been a vessel to godlike powers as he sits in the Mobius chair. Wow. Mm hmm. The way they can color things now is just unbelievable. And you can, it really looks like true blue lightning energy. Constantine. I, I reread it today. I might have had a few when I read it the first time, number two. Oh, yeah. Of, uh, let's see, Hellblazer Rise and Fall, number two. I popped at the end of it. Great, Lucifer, let's do this. Uh, I reread it. Um,. I don't, I'm not so happy with it
1: really why is that
0: a couple different things uh, there are some cheap laughs I don't want cheap laughs in Constantine
1: <laughs> I can give you that
0: I mean like I, I can understand like you, you you need comic relief when you're trying to sell something for a wider audience and mm-hmm. I don't think Constantine actually I know Constantine is not something for a wide audience it's for a very specific niche we want this comic relief jokes and that kind of like threw me out like disjointed me from reading it um especially because it 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 like okay so he okay so uh guys if you just get you caught up real quick uh tony you want to take the helmet just doing a quick catch up of where we are in this
1: well, let's see. You got the first issue here. Let me see. Here.
0: Well, I'm just talking like in terms of like, okay, so resurrected kid that John, when he was doing one of his first spells, is back. He's got a demon in him. We learned that it's not the resurrected body, uh, soul of the kid. It's a demon that took possession of him at death. Uh, was the demon of, uh, what was it?
1: Uh, Despondio is a uh, demon's name. He was a minor, a minor demon. That fed off of anguish, grief, and loss. And despair. He ended up having. He ended up. Yeah, he ended up trying to challenge Morningstar, uh, Lucifer, Morningstar, obviously, originally, and basically got disemboweled. But they kept him. kept him and imprisoned him, and you know, with him being in hell, obviously, you know, there's plenty of anguish and grief to go around. Right on. And he ended up, you know, getting to the point where he broke out of jail. And was able to rip off Lucifer's wings,
0: and use the dead boy that Constantine actually just killed uh, to break free and gain strength. And that's great catch up. Thank you, man. Uh, there was a bunch of those details that, like, I like were like satelliteing my mind at the moment, and I appreciate you bringing it to the forefront. But the the, no, no the, the joke. I mean, there were so many little jokes. I mean, Lucifer like tricks John into thinking they just had sex. Um, I don't have a problem with it. It was just more of a, like, do something a little bit better, man. Because, like, like I, I'm I'm used to, like, Garth Ennis' Satan. And I'm used to even just Peter Stromer playing him in the movie. Uh, from all the evil roles Peter Stromer has played, like, uh, Dino Velvet in 8mm. I mean, like, he he makes my skin crawl. I dig him. Because he's that good at it. And he, the way he whispers, John. Like, the way he talks. And I, I, I felt like I was i was disappointed that this satan was a little too cartoony he's got his horns but kicking the kid right in the dick in the street um
2: mm-hmm.
0: i mean it was funny i did laugh i not gonna lie absolutely laugh out loud
1: legit lol
0: but then i was yeah. like ah, oh, these soccer guys <laughs> and,
1: <laughs> See, i actually enjoyed satan i thought it was i thought it was a fun way to like why wouldn't satan screw with you merely because he could
0: I agree. You know? I, I just felt he would have been screwing with you a lot better than burning down your flat and you know, uh, what else did he do to him? <laughs> like it, it was it was a little he ripped that guy's kidney out.
1: Yeah, just because he could. I mean, he's he's Satan. You you offended. <laughs>
0: you ripped his kidney out. He has too. Yeah, fair what,
1: what wouldn't Satan do? You know, I mean, he he'd, he'd to kill you right after. Him. I <laughs> guess
0: I just always have yeah, such he's high hopes. Live. It wasn't yeah.
1: that bad. part of it is he's trying to part of of it is he's trying to play by the rules you know that's just his interpretation of the rules as long as they don't die screw it
0: wrangling satan was definitely one of the better parts in this he got satan to listen yeah how did you feel about it man were you just like full gung ho on this one
1: I I thought it was really good I really enjoyed it you know, if you're going to do Black Label, I mean, Constantine is probably the first guy you should do a book on. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it, and it's fun. It, like like I said, I think I've said it previously, you know, Batman Damned wasn't really my cup of tea. You know, it was, it was cool for what it was, but like Batman doesn't need to be Black Label. Whereas I feel Constantine is the first, you know, first draft pick as far as, you know, guys that are going to be dark and guys that are going to be freaking swearing and, doing crazy stuff that you don't, you know, you don't expect from your grade A rebirth comic books. Right. Now, so I, I thought it was pretty solid overall. And I like the, you know, I like the fact that they're screwing with the kid, screwing with the guy's dad, using the kid, you know, and then you come to the end and, you know, Constantine's worried about, you know, he's going to come back here. And then he ends up going to the Constable's place and just hanging out with her kids and you're like you know screwed. some screwed up shit's about to happen you you just don't know how bad it's going to get
0: she just walked into a hostage situation
1: mm, exactly
0: and, and i did... her, and,
1: her, and her husband just let it happen and he cuz he didn't know any better
0: i really dug that part and i got to tell you man like you you're, you're going to have to struggle with this with me forever but like unless i'm writing and drawing constantine i'm probably always going to be like Fake disappointed <laughs> slash, like <laughs> honestly, dude, this was definitely a, a b plus A minus comic. It was, it flowed well. I wasn't rushing through any of the panels. I was enjoying every bit of artwork. Everything Johnny did made me legitimately happy. I mean, he had the 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 spark of uh, what was it? Um, let me find the page. That's holy fire, Squire, captured in Jerusalem and held as a spark in my pocket for just the right occasion. Because he's like looking at him like Satan's like really salt. It's not. I can wait. <laughs> and he pulls yeah. out legit holy fire. Okay, like he's got a Swiss Army knife for everything in his pocket. Uh, Lucifer. Maybe I just wanted him to be a little bit more terrifying. I I just want I want him to be scary, scary, scary. Like like the way when you first saw the first horror movie that made you scared of something underneath your bed type thing. And
1: yeah. But, I just don't think, it, I don't think it works for this story, though. Like, I mean, Lucifer, Lucifer's not the big bad, or at least not yet. And, I mean, that, that might be where they're going with it. Who knows? Maybe this whole thing's just a way to screw around Constantine and, you know, him and Despondio are working together the entire time. And then you, it could be that or it could be, but I just don't feel like at this point in the book, you know, you know Morningstar is an ally and you've kind of got to meet in the middle a little bit with it
0: that's definitely something to enjoy just for that little bit before things go awry because something's gonna go wrong and you're completely correct um the the we just lightly glanced over the despond tore off the morning star's wings mhm like i there's there's a there's a trap there's a there there's something going on you're absolutely correct about that
1: yeah I mean let alone the fact that later on when he straight up called him on it you know Despondio you know in the form of Billy the kid, oh, Billy the kid, that's fun, <laughs> right, but uh, in the form of Billy, you know he's he's wearing Lucifer's wings, you know, and not only that it just flies away from him, just like that, and there's nothing Lucifer can do to stop him
0: he's also putting it on victims and dropping them from the sky and taking the wings back, yeah. All right, I and we're it, talking
1: four or five different villains or four or five different victims, you know, all, all killed by this, you know, innocent looking 10 year old kid or whatever he'd be. How do you feel about the artwork?
0: Um, do you, do you like this, this particular take on, on Johnny, or do you prefer him to look more like sting? Like he was quote unquote supposed to.
1: I, I always dug the sting personally. I mean, it's, it's not horrible. I've definitely seen worse art, but you know, I definitely could see. I definitely prefer, you know, the Sting, the Sting look overall. I like the old school Constantine. Me too, man. Glenn Fabry doing the covers. Steve
0: Dillon. Oh man, I cried when Steve Dillon died, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, that that. I mean, like, I was so because I'm a huge Becky Cloonan fan, and mm-hmm. she was writing Punisher. I mean, they had a, a like. Never before, female writer, Punisher. I mean, like, we've got uh, Walt and Louise Simonson doing Thor and, you know, going back and forth, tête-à-tête on that, but, like, it was always, like, I always felt like Louise never got her due say because it was because of Walt. But then we've got Becky Cloonan, hardcore metalhead, loves whiskey. I've met her before. She's an absolute sweetheart. One of my things I'm going to be buried with oh, nice. is she drew, she drew me... Um, dude, I had 100 bucks in my pocket waiting an hour and a half to meet her. Um, how how do you how much for a drawing and she was like 20 bucks and i'm like i had i had five 20s in my pocket man and like you know you know uh, as covertly as i could took one single (laughs) out of the out of the wad there that we shouldn't see i was ready with a with 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 a full-on hunter for and i was like can you draw me john constantine she was i'd love to draw you john constantine and Drew this beautiful portrait of Johnny uh, on full-on comic book art. I had it in my pocket, in my in my messenger bag. Uh, you know, with the blue lines and shit to make it look official. Mm-hmm. And uh, Johnny smoking a cigarette, and the smoke making a giant demon skull around him. And um, I was so pumped that she was writing Punisher because she knows brutality. I mean, like, I'm, I know what sort of music she lives to. I follow her on everything. So she mm-hmm. listens to that sort of music, and she's writing the Punisher. Steve Dillon doing it. Like God bless yes <laughs> like I still have the poster and then he passes and then like it was pretty much dead in the water yeah and they did their best to wrap it up but I mean like imagine your star just just disappearing on you and there's nothing
1: you can do yeah
0: anything uh, up
1: to you too.
0: any last thoughts on Constantine brother
1: I oh, know I am just looking forward to the next issue. Like I said I'm I'm totally invested in the Black Label Hellblazer Rise and Fall. So
0: now this is one of my favorite parts about the podcast is I was like back and forth all day and you really lit a fire
1: in my ass and I appreciate it. Oh, no, I you know dude, do any time. freaking if I get into something like that I'm I'm definitely all aboard on it. So now freaking Hellblazer Hellblazer Rise and Fall I'd say definitely my my uh, personal comic of the week, easy.
0: My next personal one, I, I you got to read this one, man. I, I don't know if you're a big Thor fan. Uh, issue 9, uh, Prey Starts Here, written by Donny Cates. Uh, king Thor is basically struggling with the idea that he's a king. He already knows his ultimate end, and he's got to figure out a way to get out of that and fix things, but at the same time, he needs a little bit of a break. And Do you remember uh, that Thor originally was his human form was Donald Blake.
1: That I do recall, yes.
0: So they they, got, they revamp it. The Donny Cates, everything he touches turns to gold. Silver Surfer Black, wonderful. One of the best psychedelic comics I've ever read in my life. It was like he actually traveled to like 1969, uh, did acid with uh, Timothy Leary, wrote a Silver Surfer comic book, came back, sobered up, listened to all his digital recordings, cleaned it up, and made something fucking perfect. And everything he's doing in this is great as well. He's he's in charge of all the cosmic shit right now, and Thor wants to be. Just he he asked Loki, hey, lie for me, tell everyone that I'm over here. Uh, I just need two days, and I'm going to uh, turn back into Donald Blake. And they, the the revamp, uh, the redo, the rewrite, whatever you want to call it, is that Donald Blake was a character created by Odin that. Lived when he was not on Earth as foe Thor, so Thor could do whatever he wanted. When Thor was you know running amuck uh, as Thor, he would go into this pocket universe within like the a perfect universe where he was constantly walking in a beautiful neighborhood and everyone loved him and uh, he was smart, he was perfect, and uh, he's been trapped there for a very long time. And, oh, okay. And uh, Thor's like, all right, let's do this. Slams the, slams Mjolnir, turns back into the stick. He goes back into the pocket universe. Uh, and uh, yeah. Donald Blank Don- is, he'd taken over that universe that was supposed to be perfect and infinitely perfect. And always a universe that he was never known that he, he was supposed to not know how long he was walking down the street. Just always happy. Oh, okay. Uh, no, wrong. He uh, gained extra powers from his absolute anger. Uh, everyone is dead. Mutilated. The houses are painted with blood. Uh, is this hell? Uh, the the serpent that that Odin has actually been trying to kill forever is laying dead. I mean, imagine the worst apocalypse, apocalyptic scenario involving Norse uh, mythology. The roots of Yggdrasil, the, the, the Tree of Life, are rotting and Boom! There's Donald Blake. Loki's looking at him, and he is a complete fucking psychopath, trapped, oh, wow. trapped for what feels like an infinity. And now he's like, "Oh yeah, uh, I'm never going back to that." The the stick, because remember, Donald Blake would have the stick that you know he'd yeah. slam it on the ground, turn me on there. And then now we're Thor. Breaks mm-hmm. it in half, beats Loki to an inch of his life. I mean, like breaking his limbs, like like not just like where you see like. Uh, those ugly sports break where like it's it's broken in a place that you know that that's never gonna heal right, and it's time to do this. And we've got a psychopath, not a la Joker or Riddler or uh, even um, Moon Knight type psycho, mm-hmm. someone that you immediately relate to. Imagine being trapped, trapped like that, and finally getting out. I really want this guy to succeed, but I also don't want Thor to die. I but we've got a problem. We've got a sympathetic psychopath that is now on the loose, and I cannot wait to see where this goes. I I really hope this is a year long story. I don't want it to be six issues. I want Donny Cates to really draw this out and really flesh this out. Um, sorry, I just went on this crazy ass like Thor tangent, man. I'm sorry, man. Sometimes... Uh, You're yeah,
1: good, dude. You're good. You're good. You're good. Like I've I've heard nothing but good, uh, nothing but good on the store run recently. I've heard it's one of the better, one of the best comic books going right now. I just haven't gotten a chance to get into it myself.
0: No, and I, I, and I appreciate that, man. Like, if it wasn't for you getting into the, everything you're into DC, I wouldn't have that chance. Because sometimes I just, my mind just sees a cover and I don't care. Yeah. And then, but that's a mistake because I should take a second to pick it up. And and try and you know even though I, we both read a lot of comic books it still happens you know.
1: Oh yeah, I don't, I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that man. It's always good to delve into something new. Like you read a lot more of the indies, independent books than I get a chance to, and I'm always interested to hear those stories. You know, I'm kind of waiting on that sweet tooth review myself. Because... That's another one I've heard good things about, but I've never gotten into personally. And I don't really know much of the lore.
0: There's there's not much I can tell you about what's going on with Sweet Tooth, because it's, it's, been, like, it's been like, I think Sweet I Tooth think so. ended in like, I want to say 2013, 2014, and it was a Vertigo comic, Jeff Lemire, writer, artist, and post-apocalyptic virus hits, thousands of, hundreds of thousands, millions of people die, but the, the newest crop of kids to be born all are mutates. Like half pig, half human. He's half deer. And he just yeah. happens to have been in, implanted on like one of those like crazy cult places where he's kept in like, oh no, like the devil's out there. And The storyline was him encountering a man that was trying to free him and save him from everything that's been going on and, and really just exposed to him that, you know there's more to life than Jesus, and I'm not discrediting anyone's uh, religious beliefs, but he, he was the nitty-gritty guy that Jesus never saved, and he was the the perfect little angel that just happens to be a mutate that everyone thinks is like some sort of new messiah, and it completely flips that storyline, man. From what I remember how this ended, uh, how the original storyline ended, w- this is a complete 180. All of a sudden, he's older. He's on some weird... Um, underground cyber controlled cult-esque compound he's not allowed to leave x era these drones are following him his nightmares about uh someone that might have helped him um the 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 older gentleman that actually did die in sweet tooth um is Mm -hmm. haunting him and he's for some reason his mind is fighting it like you know this person wasn't real um maybe he was and it is it it completely just flipped everything. I had to read it three times. And oh, nice. okay. I had to pull out some old issues and I'm like, okay, none of this is matching. Hell yeah. <laughs> like Abs <laughs> hell yeah. Like like uh it it's not one of those things where you're like, oh, there's my old buddy there and man I really hoped he'd do well, like, you know, if they ever picked it up later and look at him now, he's shining. No, no. This is, this is Lemire. Lemire is like, I, I, I'd want to say he was like, if, if he was like a old school art form, he was like, he's pretty Dadaist, where he makes anything into art. Uh, his artwork isn't the perfect thing to look at, but when you get into it, it perfectly matches what's writing, and then it's, of course, this is, this is fine art. Like, it, it, yeah, you could, you could take, if you were learning to draw... And you looked at one page of Sweet Tooth or anything Jeff Lemire actually illustrates. You'd be like, you could immediately copy it within like maybe, you would get a perfect facsimile within an hour if you tried a couple of times. And you think it wasn't? You think it was lesser art? Wrong, wrong. Nope. Everything matches. Every Lemire's universes are perfect. And uh, man, I gotta find those old issues, man.
2: Nice
0: the, the whole the whole run appreciate you being intrigued on that one because it's definitely a hard sell little boy with antlers and
1: it's the future
0: um uh, okay
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean we, we, talk, we talk about guys that fly and guys that have enough money to make whatever they want to make so I mean kid with antlers ain't really all that much of a sell really
0: I wonder if this yeah. I wonder if this comic was actually inspired because I don't I read all the rag sheets I, I had I had no idea a new Sweet Tooth was coming out. I saw it in the, like on the shelf last week, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" and like got chills, like like an old friend that you just loved and never stopped loving. You just bumped into, didn't think you'd ever see him again, was just there alive and well on on the shelf.
1: Nice. Okay.
0: And um, yeah, that, that's pretty much all I can really say about that man because it's it's definitely one of those. I mean, we can talk about Thor. We can talk about. You know all the cool stuff that happened to Galactus, but this this is one of those indie comic books where like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do the work on this one. <laughs> you can't just yeah, read I a hear. quick Wikipedia article on this one, you know.
1: A lot more to it than that. I got it. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh, let's see,
0: man. Like, you need to take a break, brother. You need to take a break, brother? No, I'm good, man. Cool. Just checking in on you, man. It's been those times where nope. you get like it's like two hours in, like uh, I gotta go to the bathroom. No, we're cool. We got Batman, Walking Dead Color, man. God, I'm such a sucker for it, man. Like, I sold all my Walking Dead comics. I I sold them for a lot of money. And um, Colin sold all of his for a couple thousand. I didn't have all of them like he did, like issue one Mm -hmm. from the very beginning. But um, seeing Tony Moore's art come to life in colors is definitely worth the, the four bucks. Uh, for, for it I, I just it's one of those things I've got the compendiums like with the money I got from selling them I just bought the compendiums you know okay I think that's all we got for this week man that's uh oh wow I'm trying to think of anything else that happened this week that I'm pretty excited about uh, comic book wise um crossover I need to read a couple more times but, uh, also by Donny Cates psychedelic beautiful man he was actually here a couple months ago At the Iron Lion, and oh really? Yeah, he was. uh, uh, There's an Iron Lion special variant cover, and I really like the guys that run it, and I feel like I've like. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not a bridge burner, but like, they're really into like variant collector, collector culture, and I. I just hate that. (laughs) (laughs) I got you. Yeah, and and I want their business to succeed, but that's not a business that um, is my favorite. But at the same time, though, they're they're they've always welcomed me with open arms, and uh, always good to see them. They've always supported me. I just you know I I, I just such a sucker. Like, great variant cover. Did they read the goddamn story?
1: <laughs> well, you're not wrong, man. Some people just get them. And, oh, it's a cool cover. I gotta get it.
0: And I'm still a sucker for that sometimes too, man. There was a Wolverine cover that came out by Adam Kubert a couple months ago that was all yellow and it was just a beautiful work of art, man. I was like, well, do I really want that? Do I want to pay seventy dollars for that? No, I don't. What I would rather do is buy a be- like, pay a hundred dollars for an art print of it and get it like professionally
1: framed. Yeah, no, definitely. I could see that. shoot
0: Black Widow was good. Black Widow. They're introducing a new storyline here where uh, Nat is trapped in her own mind. She doesn't know she's trapped, and she's been given a perfect life by Arcade and a few other assholes from Russia that have vendetta vendettas against her. And uh, Clint and um, uh, uh, Clint Barton and why am um, oh, I spacing? The other guy, Hawkeye and Winter Soldier. are trying to figure out should they interrupt it? She looks happy. Texas swords, uh, that Texas blood—it's something you're gonna have to get caught up on, Uh, guys. It's already in issue number five, but it's one of those slow burner, like, dramatic crime novels set in Texas. Oh, okay. Spidey's getting a little abstract and it's kind of losing me on this story with Sin Killer, but uh, I really want to see what they're doing with um, Nem—not Nemesis, but I'm always spacing on names, man. Unless I've like seen it a million times. Gotcha. What the hell his name? Singer and Kindred. It's supposed to be Harry Harry Osborne. What else has set you on fire this week, brother?
1: Uh no, I checked out. Uh, I checked out Nightwing seventy-five, which is the final. They finally brought Nightwing back to Nightwing, which is in my personal opinion. Long overdue. I always hate when they, you know, have Nightwing not be Nightwing. So, I mean, after, you know, and and the whole thing's interesting because it's, a lot of it's putting together, you know, now that he's, he remembers, you know, he's Dick Grayson. He's putting, he's trying to piece together his life plus his time as as Rick, which has been super interesting because he's not quite sure how to handle it and how to handle his relationship with his girlfriend, B. And on top of that, the whole time, you know, he's trying to, you know, piece himself together and talk with the other Nightwings to try to get them to stop doing, you know, being Nightwings and going back to being cops and firefighters. Uh, KG Beast is in Russia, and, you know, his, his friends are just clowning on him because he couldn't get the job done. He could not kill Nightwing. You know, he was able to graze him and cause him some brain damage, but, you know, if he was a real murderer, he'd be out there. You know, if he was a real assassin, he'd be out. He'd, he'd gotten the job done. So you know, KG Beast is out here just killing his friends, and then going back to America to get Nightwing.
0: Setting the setting the seeds for the for a good solid story. Um, how do you feel when it returns back to normal form? Is it a, is it a, a weight off your, your your shoulders? And if it is, is it just is it short lived, or, or are you disappointed that it went back to status quo?
1: I prefer it. I, you know, Dick Grayson's a great character, and he's got a long history, and he tends to be one of those characters that gets kind of like, oh, we need to do something to somebody drastic. Screw it, we'll just do it to Dick Grayson. You know, they did that thing um, when he when he died, and uh, at the end of Forever Evil, and then he ended up becoming a spy, and then I I hated that. I w- I wasn't a fan of the whole Rick Grayson experiment. You know, I knew eventually they were going to bring him back, but, man, it took a lot longer than I thought it would. I feel like... I'm definitely happy to have him back.
0: I feel like they play with him like they play with uh, Winter Soldier. Like, he's like a litmus test, like, let's try this now. Okay. I mean, like, established character uh, can be anti-hero, can be brought back to the fold where he's totally coherent or we can just screw things up completely and someone whispers the right code word in his ear and now we're doing this now.
1: Yeah. yeah I could definitely see the parallels between that, you know, those two characters then. But yeah, I'm just I'm always happy to have just, you know, Nightwing back.
0: Have you been watching The Mandalorian?
1: I have not. i have, I'm not a big Star Wars fan personally. Are you so I, I haven't gotten into it at all.
0: Dude, it's okay, man. It's a lot of fun. There's like, God, I was like the just to wrap things up, man. Like I was reading today because the baby Yoda was eating this woman's eggs, and fans are <laughs> are outraged. I'm <laughs> like, oh my god, like, uh, uh like
1: In a like, scrambled poached.
0: Overeating. I know, right? He was just eating them raw. This woman was trying to this lizard lady was trying to save her last bit of eggs, and baby Yoda was just eating them, and fans are outraged. <laughs> like get outraged about something else man just just be happy you you've got a couple bucks in your pocket or your friend has a couple bucks in your pocket to give you fucking Disney Plus man just enjoy what's there for you you don't like it uh be outraged about what what's going on with your personal life like
1: you I find something, find something legitimate to be outraged about mean, like, people you know there're definitely some people that are definitely take their outrage too far on stuff that really at the end of the day does not matter
0: doesn't matter but what I mean, matters you just,
1: sometimes you just gotta chill and just enjoy life you know take it for what it is even if it's not your cup of tea it's been no, diff- off the TV.
0: it's been difficult man but we've you know we've got comics man that's keep they've been keeping me sane since i mean they out since i was a kid but definitely i don't know what i'd be doing without comics or a little bit of wrestling during this lockdown and uh I just hope that going back to work is easy transition for you,
1: man. I think I yeah, lost it. Today was a good day, man. It was busy. Oh, a little bit. You there? Yeah, I'm here, man. Sorry. Can you hear me now? Yep. I can okay. hear you now. But no, yeah, man. It's been pretty easy to get back. Was we'll looking forward to it. You know, did my eight hours, freaking got out and came home. You know, it's nice to have that normalcy back in life. You know, six, we all freaking know it's like six, seven weeks of sitting at home watching TV, playing video games, and watching movies. Well, then, so, I'm f- definitely happy to be done with that.
0: I'm just glad that you've got a little bit of normalcy back to you, man, because I know you're going crazy. I'm just looking forward to when Colin is done with this goddamn movie because he's going to set a fire in your ass, man. He's my best friend. You're going to like him a lot, man. And uh, we'll have some fun talking about comics. A lot of great ones came out today. It was really hard not to read them today because. Uh, you just taking notes for the show tonight and uh that's probably what I'm gonna do tonight. We've got some uh you you just finished uh wrapping up Resident Evil One on the four, right?
1: Oh yeah, no, I forgot we're playing that one, playing uh Resident Evil Zero. Just kinda you know, kill killing off the time, but man, I was I've forgotten how much fun these are, man. I used to remember killing off one, two and three. I actually beat uh Resident Evil three Nemesis. Uh, first night I got it back in Jesus. the day. Just Sixteen could, hours straight. Oh, oh yeah, dude. Friday
0: is. night, you and your buddies like, like your dad wakes up and you guys are still downstairs playing.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, that was uh, we were in Arizona at my cousin's house and we just started playing it and I we seriously freaking just straight through. I, it took forever, but for, I think we beat it at like five a.m. Just because we were young and dumb and like why not
0: why the fuck not man i remember eating tomb raider 2 with my buddy mike at his house and uh it was like three in the morning and we kind of gave each other that look like this is happening <laughs> yep <laughs> this is happening his dad was like came down the stairs at like nine in the morning he's like you guys still fucking playing and like we're almost done <laughs> like that 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 like around like when six o'clock kicks in you're like god don't let anyone mm-hmm. wake up you're, like remember like when you'd put your in because you couldn't save nintendo games you had to pause it turn the tv off pray to god your mom didn't see the goddamn red light and turn the goddamn power off and ruin 10 hours of work you couldn't get back
1: yeah exactly you're all you're all hung over without the alcohol (laughs) well
0: man it has been a pleasure as usual this has been issue 67 we are going strong we've got a ton of new listeners uh it's it's been it's been great, man. I, as always, man, it's been a pleasure. We'll catch up with you next week. Uh, don't hang up before we hang up because we got to get a schedule down. And uh, this is dangerous. You got anything to wrap us wrap us out with, brother?
1: Uh nah, man. Freaking everything's going good. I know we got that CSW show coming up on the twenty third. Yep, you know, Mucha Lucha baby. I already pulled out. so that'll be freaking awesome. Freaking looking forward to that. You know. Other than that, man, I think we're doing pretty good.
0: I agree, brother. This transmission is over. Tony, don't hang up.